Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. What we hear from the leader of the opposition is uh, under the previous conservative government, everything was perfect. And what he is proposing to do is to make Canada great again. That is not what Canadians want. Hey now, that is not what Canadians want. Hey now. (laughs) Oh no. I feel like I knew what path he thought he was on when he said that, but it didn't come out that way at all. Uh, You know, Kat, I... It's got to be hard, right? Let's put things in perspective. If you're Justin P. Trudeau right now, you are getting berated by your own caucus who are all worried they're going to lose their jobs. Many of them haven't even qualified for a pension yet, so they're shit scared. I assume that's why they got into politics. And and now you, you've got the media all over you. You've got Pierre Polyev climbing up one side and down the other. You're just trying to find something that'll stick. So Trudeau thought that if he can make everybody in Canada think that Pierre Polyev is Donald Trump with this whole MAGA thing, then then people would dislike Pierre and he would get popular again. But holy shit, dude, you got to choose your words a little better. What we hear from the leader of the opposition is uh, under the previous conservative government, everything was perfect. And what he is proposing to do is to make Canada great again. That is not what Canadians want. That is not what Canadians want. We like it miserable, thank you. Yeah, just keep it miserable, Justin. I, I, I'm kind of getting used to everybody being poor and never going out anywhere yeah, and fine. living with their parents and stuff. When, I, I think it's nice. Where do I vote? <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for four more years of this shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I, They're going to use that all over the ads for sure, eh? Bookmarked. Okay, so I'm wondering about two things. When he went out of the House of Commons and back to his office yesterday, how long do you figure it took before somebody said to him, do you think you should have said that? Because it didn't come off all that well. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how much champagne they popped in the Conservative Party war room when they heard Justin Trudeau say Canadians do not want to make Canada great again. They're probably thinking, wow, we get like a month off. We don't have to do fucking anything. This sells itself. This is our commercial yeah. for the whole campaign. It makes your job easier. By the way, Kat, there may be a campaign sooner than later. Yesterday, the leader of the federal NDP, Jagmeet Singh, said that the liberals have until March 1st to table a pharmacare bill or be responsible for the deal between the liberals and the NDP falling apart. Currently, the NDP is supporting that minority liberal government on confidence votes in exchange for movement on NDP priorities like pharmacare. Mm -hmm. So this is another one where Trudeau's probably like, oh, fuck, now what do I do? He knows that if he doesn't have the support of the NDP, he's going to lose a confidence vote at the first opportunity we could have a spring election. But if he goes ahead with Pharmacare, it's going to cost a fortune. It's going to bid up inflation. It's not going to serve everybody, just like most of the other programs they rolled out. A lot of people get excluded. And on top of that, the polls show Canadians don't give a shit about Pharmacare. 
It's like 60 or 70% say they don't care because most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people have coverage through work mm-hmm. or they just don't require expensive prescriptions. So, or they don't like change. And they don't like change. Oh, don't that's for, the other part. Don't forget part. about that. No, I shouldn't forget about that. So anyway, Justin has until March 1st to put out a piece of legislation that he knows won't be popular. He knows will be expensive. But if he doesn't put it out, he's probably going to lose his job about a month and a half after that. Wild, isn't it? Wild. Okay, let's get to a few other things that are happening. In Ottawa today, there's a big auto theft summit, Cat, <laughs> They say they're bringing together the politicians, the police, border security, and auto industry executives to better coordinate the prevention of vehicle thefts. It's a growing problem. A report from the insurance industry group Equite says insurers paid out $1.2 billion in claims for stolen vehicles in 2022. And we know it's going to be closer to two, maybe even three billion this year because so many more cars are getting stolen now. Are we able to watch this, by the way? Is this something that we can take part in 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 one way or another? Are they just going to tell us like what happened after? How do you feel about watching C-SPAN? See, I don't. Like, I'm not interested, but I am curious to see what they're talking about and hear what their thoughts are on it. I believe you can stream it through the parliamentary okay. channel. Okay, fair enough. Hey, listen, uh, it's good that we're we're doing something. I'm wondering why it took until February the 8th, 2024 to get everybody together. But it sounds like this is the group that needs to chat. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the cops, the politicians, CBSA, and auto industry executives. You know what I'd like to know? If I were able to ask a couple of questions, I'd probably have questions for all of them, but specifically for the auto industry executives, where do they have any responsibility in all this, or do they? The auto industry used to function just fine, and we didn't have this problem when, and I know you don't want to hear it, but it worked fine when everybody had to put a key in their car and turn it to start the car. Now we've gone to this wireless fob technology and bam, nice cars are getting stolen like fucking 30 a day in Toronto. I know it's hard to keep up with it. I mean, but then you think about the amount of places and people and other things getting hacked. I mean, it can't all be on every company because hackers are doing such a good job uh, of what they do. So similarly, this is how fobs get hacked and things like that. We have a responsibility as car owners, but there's only so much you can do. Uh, It sucks. I don't know about going back to the old key method because people are too used to their niceties. You know that. That means we'd have to go without this car starters and all the other things that we have right now that we love. Oh, but I mean, I think that... So I had an aftermarket starter in my last car and and I still just pushed a button and the car started. The difference was the car wouldn't go anywhere until you put the key in and turned it. But it would still start and warm up. So, I mean, I think there is probably ways to do it. Technology from like 15, 20 years ago would probably be better for protection than what we've got now. Now, it just takes a bunch of hood rats to go and stand in the driveway and and hold up a a machine and bam, they're copying keys from inside your house. Yeah, I know. That's scary. It's very scary, yes. And it happens happens so much. That's why we're talking about it. I'm curious if they have any thoughts on it. I I just wish, like for me, it shouldn't just be all on us as car owners, though. You have to go to the, like, you know where these cars are going. People have tracked their stolen vehicles literally to the ports, but then you can't touch it for jurisdiction reasons. So, like, fix that. Fix it leaving the country, right? And each country maybe has their own way of securing it and making sure. But you got to check this shit. We know exactly what's happening. So take control of it. It shouldn't just be on us. No, you're absolutely right. One of the things that Pierre Polyev announced when he announced his plan to combat auto theft, and, and his was pretty good. It's, hey, if you're a repeat offender, you do a lot of jail time, like minimum three years. And he also suggested for the CBSA buying these scanners, which can apparently 
tell what's, it's like an x-ray machine. Yeah. Kind of like when you go through the airport security, it'll tell you what's in that bin. And if they all go through a scanner before they get on the boat and you see, oh, there's a car in that one. Open the lid. Let me check the Give bin. Give me the paperwork. Show me the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is common sense. I think so. I mean, I think so too. Are they just in such a rush to move these things because it's money? Time is money, especially when you're talking about moving large objects in those crates. They're huge. Maybe that's the reason why, but I think we need to slow down if this many car thefts are happening. Make it harder for those thieves. Doesn't it seem, though, like this is just too convenient? We've made it so easy to steal these cars, get them on a boat, and get them over to yes. Africa, Dubai, wherever it is they're going, and, and people are making a lot of money off of it. And I'm wondering, is there any decision makers making money off of this? Does the auto industry secretly love this? Because they're selling a lot of cars in Dubai and Africa that they didn't have to ship to Dubai and Africa, and we keep replacing them here with new ones that the insurance company pays for. And speaking of the insurance company, we're all paying for that. Yeah. Right? So we're paying, like, insane amounts for insurance as it is, especially in some areas over others. You know where you live. You know what I mean. And then this happens, and then the insurance rates just go up. It's a mess. I uh, I don't know what's going to come from this, but I know that there's intense pressure on them to get this under control. Was it a 150% increase in cars being stolen in the GTA? Crazy. And everybody seems to know somebody who's been affected by this. Yep. It is wild. Are you going to watch the uh, Vladimir Putin interview tonight at 6 when it drops? So this is the one that's dropping on X. Is that correct? Yeah. I'll see highlights. Am I going to go out of my way to like look at it right at the time it, it gets put out? No, but I'm absolutely in it for the highlights. I uh, don't recall ever seeing this much hype on an interview being dropped. A politician being interviewed. I haven't seen this much hype since like the first time Donald Trump was running. It's kind of wild, but I'm here for it. Six o'clock tonight. That comes down. Maple Leafs captain John Tavares is taking the Canada Revenue Agency to court. And I can't help but think this is not a good idea. Uh-oh. It's over an $8 million tax dispute. Lawyers for Tavares filed an appeal to the Tax Court of Canada last week, seeking to set aside the CRA's reassessment of John's return. It found that Tavares's income, the year in question, was $17.8 million higher than he reported. In its reassessment, the CRA ordered Tavares to pay at a rate of 38% on the bonus plus interest for about five, six years now, totaling an additional $8 million. Ouch. CRA is trying to shake Tavares down for $8 million. This all comes back to his signing bonus when he signed with the Leafs. Now, I don't know who does Tavares' taxes. I don't know. No. But I would say that if the tax professional told Tavares, you don't have to pay tax on a bonus, I'd like to hear more about that. Yeah. Right now, Tavares is arguing he doesn't have to pay at that rate for that bonus. CRA says, yeah, you do, 38%. I wonder how much luck people have fighting the CRA in court. That's what I'm wondering. Do you find a middle ground? Like, is that the fairest way to go? Is that they'll say, okay, fine, and maybe it's at a 15% rate or something like that. Like, I don't know. I think that we need to... And it won't happen under this government because we're broke, right? As a country, we have no money. We are spending like crazy. But in the future, I think it's important that maybe we consider carving out a little bit of time to talk about how we tax people in this country. Here's John Tavares. He has a nice property in Etobicoke that he pays a shit ton in property taxes on. 
This is a guy whose foundation raises millions for great charitable causes across Canada. But at the end of the day, he's no different than you and I. He's just a regular dude who who has a wife and two kids, and he's trying to put them in school and, and just live his life. He's already paying millions a year in taxes. And to be honest, if he's just the same as you and I, why the hell is it expected of him to pay millions, but it's expected of regular people to pay thousands? I get that he earns more money. And I get that we base all taxation in this country on your income, but that doesn't make it fair. Is John getting any more in the way of services? Is John getting any more value for his money than we get for ours? I don't think so. I'm not here to advocate for millionaires, but it seems really unfair. This is just a family man with a nice modest home in Etobicoke and a couple nice cars in the driveway. But he pays millions in taxes. Some people don't pay any taxes that are in the exact same boat. And it doesn't seem fair to me. Yeah, like, I, I hear you. There has to be a limit. John's already paid millions in taxes for the tax year in question, and they're shaking him down for another eight milli. Why? I'll give you another example. The lot that uh, the house I live in is on is considered a premium lot, and it's at a dead-end street, and, and that has good and bad to it. Right. The bad is I have the absolute last street to get plowed, and... <laughs> The garbage people seem to have been, had had quite the day by the time they get to my place because it's forever scattered. Basically, I'm saying I pay a lot more in property taxes than most of the other houses on my street. Why? I don't get any more services. In fact, I get worse service than some of those other people. Why should I be paying more? Every property should have a standard rate of taxation. It doesn't need to be on this assessed value, which allows them to basically just dictate they're like the fucking mob oh yeah yeah you got a nice place we're gonna shake you down for even more money yeah fuck off my house is no different than the house across the street or the house across the other street it doesn't matter it's just a house it's a lot it is interesting when you compare your property taxes with other people uh, city by city changes obviously we know that as well it's a it's it's messed up I so really- are you considering or are you suggesting like a one of these other things we can put in the category of blow it up and start fresh? Blow it up and start fresh. <laughs> blow it up and yeah. start fresh I mean, is I a great way to put it. I don't think it'll ever happen, but that's a nice thought. In some cases, I agree with you. I guess it all depends as long as they're doing good and putting money back into the economy in a good way. Like those found, I mean, you mentioned John Tavares' foundation and things that they're doing. Why couldn't that be um, beneficial for your taxes? Why can't you say, as, a, as a, someone who has hosted events for many different charities, this is what I brought, helped to bring in. Why don't I get a tax cut based on what I've helped to bring in? Yeah, I just want a little fairness. I mean, you are uh, no different than many other women. You have two two kids at home. You've got a modest home. You've got a husband at work and blah, blah, blah. But you might make a little more than some other women. It doesn't make sense that you would have to pay substantially more than them and 100% more than some people. We're all people. Everybody should pay their pay their share, but it should be fair. You know, like at a certain point, it just stops being worth working because they tax it so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I would really love to just have a, a not base it on income per se, maybe make it a mitigating factor. But I think that uh, we need to reform the tax system because we're just paying way, way, way too much money here. Let's move on. There's still a lot of stuff we want to get to here. And we're going to talk about Valentine's Day and the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, fast driver in a rental car that was due in two hours to be returned, got jammed on the 403 in Mississauga for stunt driving. He was going 175 kilometers in a 100 zone. Uh-oh. 
So the reason I bring this up is because, A, this guy deserves what's coming to him. He is got a 30-day license suspension. The vehicle's impounded for two weeks. But like I said, the car was due back in two hours when he had gotten pulled over. What are you doing? So now not only is he going to have to pay the impound fee daily, he'll have to pay the fee to get his car out. He's also got to pay for two weeks of rental. Yeah. All because this dumb fucking idiot couldn't go the speed limit. Cops are going to leave you alone if you're going about 15 to 20 over the limit. Over For the, the most limit. part, unless they have a reason or they have another reason why they want to pull you over. They'll use that. Why in the hell would you be driving 75 kilometers an hour over the limit? Uh, last night, they busted somebody on the 403 that was going 208. Yeah. Sorry, that was on the QEW. They caught that person. It's infuriating. Like, what's going on? What, what don't people understand about this? Maybe you're thinking you're not going to get caught, but God damn it, you're probably going to get caught. There's hope, cameras I everywhere. Do. I hope you do. I hope they do too. It's just, it's so unsafe. We're all using the same roads and most of us play by the rules. Then you get pricks like this that are going around at 175. Mm -hmm. Terrible. The Canadian Cancer Society says King Charles's decision to disclose his diagnosis will help boost public awareness and the importance of early detection. Good. Buckingham Palace said earlier this week the King's medical team acted quickly after, after discovering his cancer. Canadian Cancer Society spokesperson Stuart Edmonds says publicizing early detection helps educate people about the need to be screened for various types of cancer. We spend a boatload of money in this country on advertising various things. And we'll advertise everything from, holy fuck, it's blueberry season here, to we've got this and that going on with the federal government, and we're fixing your roads over here. Why isn't there more of a push to tell people, when you turn 40, you need to start getting scanned for breast cancer. When you turn 45, you need to go in for a check for colon cancer. Why aren't we doing more reminders like that? Because I feel like the average person, unless they, they feel something wrong, is probably just going to carry on with your life. Couldn't we get more done in the way of early detection? If we actually reminded people, it's important to get screened. Yeah, I don't know what does get reminded, what you get reminded for and what you don't. But I can tell you as a woman, we do get sent a letter from the government letting us know where we should be reduced for a pap. Really? Yeah. yeah the we get a government the mails you letters? Uh, yeah. I've never had one of those. Well, you didn't. Uh, yeah, maybe it's because you're not due for a, a pap. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I get them um, I, every two years or whatever the heck it is that they send it. So there's little things, but I see what you mean. You're, you're looking for like broader advertising? Are you looking for like more commercial, more billboard? Like, what are you thinking? Well, back in the day, which wasn't even that long ago, your doctor would be in charge of this stuff. And the doctor would be like, okay, hey, you, uh, you're, you're 40 now, so now it's time to get into, we're going to screen you for colon cancer. We're going to check your prostate. We're going to do all that stuff. Now, there are probably millions of Canadians that don't have a family doctor. And for those who do have a family doctor, a lot of them don't even go because it's easier for them just to walk into the walk-in clinic or go down to the ER. Oh, such a shame. And, and there's people that are missing this important stuff. And I mean, when the Canadian Cancer Society is coming out to congratulate the king on just telling people he got early screening, that should be an alarm bell that, yeah, we don't really do a lot of that here in Canada. We really should get more proactive on that. Yeah, I would think so. Even as like a healthcare provider, you get money per patient. So why would you not want to advertise to come in and get checked for things? I guess it's a little bit different than other things that they could advertise or that they do advertise. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think in some cases, I don't know. I'm, I'm lucky. I have a doctor that actually will reach out to me. 
Like I, one of those. Yeah, it's one I'm of those. I'm jealous. Yeah, it's great. And if I want in, I get in usually same day. I might not be able to see her, but I'll be able to see somebody in the office. A McMaster University research team has made a breakthrough that is going to change how they develop treatments for allergic reactions. So many people suffer for out from allergies. When you get into like anaphylactic type allergies, they're deadly in some cases. So this is good. They found that people with allergies possess a unique kind of cell that had previously gone undiscovered. The new B cell that they've discovered is being called type 2 memory B. They say it holds a measurable metric from previous encounters with certain allergens, whether it's uh, pollen or peanuts or shellfish or whatever. That cell stores the memory of that allergic reaction, and that's what helps trigger the allergic response. They say knowing this now, this discovery will allow scientists to have targeted treatment for allergies. In other words, if you've got shellfish as your primary allergy, there's a cell in you that keeps reminding your body anytime it comes into contact with shellfish, oh shit, we don't like this, and, and goes into that anaphylactic yeah. state. Yeah. But if they could just isolate that cell, Pinpoint which they now it. have, yeah. that's fantastic. That's, that's great progress. That's absolutely massive. That that would be that would be so great for so many people. I always feel for people with those kinds of allergies, um, and that that's a big step forward. I um I think back to I didn't develop my anaphylaxis until I was forty, maybe even a little after that. And and for me, what happens is I was taking just regular Advil and a leave like I always had. I took an a leave to go play golf because I wanted to loosen up my back a little bit, and that's when I had the anaphylactic reaction. But after I did that, and I realized, oh, there's an allergy. When I thought back about it, it had been going on for a while. I used to get itchy or I'd get a little hot, things like that. Mm. And it never occurred to me until I went full-blown anaphylactic, shit, this is an allergic reaction that I'm having. Hmm. This is important here. That cell must take a while to get right up to that anaphylactic state. So now that they know this, good stuff. I think that's awesome news. There are 9,200 children currently on the one list in Waterloo Region, awaiting a spot in childcare, according to a new staff report. It was reported the number of people on the list has exploded since the Canada-wide Early Learning and Child Care Plan began in Ontario. One of the issues, they say, the daycares are having is finding staff. They're also having issues finding operational space. Wasn't all this shit that we went through for the last two years to implement $10 a day childcare supposed to solve this problem? No, what? I mean, yeah, but obviously there's going to be a huge demand for those centers that are, like, really, really having a hard time keeping... Well, I mean, there's a bunch of issues with centers. We've talked about this before. Keeping staff is also another one. But, yes, it's. It, I guess it was supposed to help families financially, but I think they understood that there was going to be a huge desire to get in. Even if you weren't even considering going back to work, that was the point, is that, hey, you're able to do that at a cheaper rate, essentially. But, yeah, I know people who are who are pregnant right now Wondering, can I even get my kid in by the time I get back from work? But isn't it, this is the way it was a few years ago with people on wait lists for years and stuff like that. People buying off other people and handing out fucking bribes to get their kids into a daycare spot. I thought when we did this massive investment into childcare, we at least had enough spaces for the people who need one. Or are there people taking up spaces that don't need one? Is that part of the problem? Are there people out there perfectly capable of paying for something that, that is a little more high-end or a little more expensive, but they want to be cheap and just pay the $10 a day? Is there people out yeah. there that used to have their kids home with them during the day? 
but they really don't really want to watch their kid and hang out with their kid all day. They want to do their own shit. So they just put their kid in a real cheap daycare. Are there people like that taking up spaces? I mean, I mean, you say taking up spaces. It's supposed to be equal. They're not going to, they're never going to change that. Should they? Maybe they should take a look at that. Absolutely. What I will say about one list for those who are confused, never used it and don't understand how it works is when you go into one list, it's not like you're automatically signed up to every single daycare who has this option. You go through line by line, one by one. It'll tell you based on where you live after you register children on there. Hey, what's closest to you? What are your options? And then you, it's on you to do your due diligence of making sure, hey, this is the one I want for my kid. You can sign up for literally one child care center. You can sign up for all of the child care centers in one list. But there is also uh, a bunch of different child care centers on there. It's not all the $10 a day ones. So just because you're on one list doesn't mean you're on one list and trying for every daycare. You could be too picky. I'll be honest with you. There's people who are too picky, Scott. They're waiting for that one childcare center that they want that's near because they're down the street. Sometimes you have to broaden your search a little bit. There's probably some people on the list, I'd say, that are also a little too particular. And maybe they have to consider opening up the boundaries, if you will, a little bit. I think that they really should be basing these $10 a day spots on need. And if there's a financial need there, then yeah, by all means, go ahead and do it. But there's some people that have they're taking advantage, I think. Like, they could perfectly afford any of the other childcare spaces, but they want the cheap one. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that, by the way. They're just jumping ship from the, it's just saying, forget about it, let's just go here. A home day, home childcare centers are a good example of a, a lot of them don't do the $10 a day childcare because um, the registration process is pretty much a nightmare if you guys haven't heard us talking about that as well from the childcare place perspective. So a lot of them will just name their price and then they'll uh, people will decide to do that. Cat, we are heading into Super Bowl weekend. No doubt someone will choke or trip over the step or or <laughs> something. And and you need to sue the people that this happens to because they need to learn that they shouldn't have given you chicken wings that had bones in them. So when you need to sue somebody, I'm kidding, by the way, there really is a great team that you call. They are Diamond and Diamond lawyers, and they do personal injury and a lot more. Yeah, and, and some of those things maybe you don't even think about. Maybe something happens to you and you think, I don't know if I could sue for this. Call Diamond and Diamond. They specialize in car accident law, slips and falls, brain injuries, dog bites. It could be any number of those things and much more. You never know until you call. So definitely give them a call. Diamond and Diamond Lawyers is at diamondlaw.ca. Did I say that right? It's diamondlaw.ca. Or you can call them at 1-800-567-HURT. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Cat, after announcing a multi-billion dollar quarterly profit yesterday, the folks over at Disney announced they're making even bigger changes. Yep. They're buying Epic Games, the Fortnite company. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, well, here's why I think it's cool. I don't play Fortnite. None, I don't, I don't I even don't know. I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, 
I know that's where the old flossing came from. I've heard of it. I don't play it. However, here's what's really cool about it is the thought process on them buying Epic Games isn't just to buy out Fortnite. They actually want to create their own because it's Disney. So they have a whole world of their own. So their dream and it's in production now, now that they own it, is to create their own world where you could play and you can interact with all of your favorite Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar characters in this world. And and instead of on a Fortnite, so you'd probably still have Fortnite. I don't think they would touch that. They'd be stupid to uh, because there's a lot of players who've been on it for a long time that like it. But there's going to be a new world created, and I think that's great. By the way, with that announcement yesterday, if I may, because I'm into a lot of these animated movies that are coming out, um, they did announce Moana 2 is coming out this year, in case you're curious about that. We don't even know if The Rock is in it or not because it's nothing to do with the live action. This is just Moana 2. They put out a teaser. I didn't know it would be out this year. Shocked a lot of people. And then they're going to drop Zootopia 2. That's not going to be out for a couple years. And then you're going to have to wait even longer. 2024. Uh, 2026, I think it is, for Toy Story 5 and for Frozen 3. So if you're looking forward to all those announcements, they were made yesterday. Okay. What's the sexiest room in your house, Kat? Um, that one's like, gonna. I'm going to go OG bedroom. Bedroom. Yeah. And it is for the vast majority of people. Almost a third of frisky people admit they find... No, no, I'll save that one. The ma- vast majority of people find the bedroom to be the sexiest room in their house. But a third, 31%, admit they find the kitchen... A sexy place. Okay, when you say like a... Hmm, I'm not one of those people that associates like food with sex. Are these people that do? Is it a food thing? Well, Or does it have to do with food? They say the heart of the home is where the food is made. They do say that the way that our other halves tend to relate to us best is through food. So it makes sense that when somebody's mm-hmm. cooking the food... Maybe you get a little turned on. Ah, or maybe okay. you just feel a little closer, a little more of a bond when they're cooking a meal for you. Interesting. I'd go my bar over my kitchen if I had to pick maybe the next one. The sexiest places in the house, if you're thinking about moving it out of the bedroom, well, bedroom is number one, followed by the kitchen. The kitchen's a weird place to want to bang somebody. Ah, there's too much shit around. It's messy. Uh, you got to clean sti- up after. I mean, God, I hope you're cleaning up after, too. And it also, if you have a family, like, be fucking respectful, man. Like, could you imagine as a child, you're sitting there eating cereal, and then, then like, little Scotty now gets a visit from older Scotty there and says, hey, your parents just banged on this counter you're eating your cereal on. Uh, like, no fucking thank you. Take that shit out of the equation. No kitchen. No kitchen. Li- I say, I say again, I'm against it. Living room. Okay, be, I, um, I don't know. Convenient, comfortable, great couches. Sure. Coffee again, tables. Again, usually the center of the home, though. If you're alone, you want to do something different, uh, okay, fine. Bathroom. No, uh, no, I mostly think of discomfort. Really? Except for the bathtub, the jacuzzi. Maybe the jacuzzi is the only thing in there. Not even the shower? No. No, interesting. For reasons I don't want to say here. Not even on the podcast. No, I'm just going to let my... Jacuzzi, yes. I'm just going to let my mind wander. Jacuzzi, yes. Shower, no. Dining room. Uh, no. no. Again, Again, stop. stay out of the food stop. area. Fuck. In the bar, if you have yes. one. Yes. Bar's good. <laughs> you, uh, you agreed way too See, quickly. See, it's funny. Like, food, I'm against, <laughs> I'm, I'm against associating with food, but drinks, I'm like, okay, a nice bottle of wine. I like that. In the hallway. I don't know. The hallway seems very transient no. to me. I, I've never really thought... You stop right fucking there, and yeah. we're going to yeah. do some shit. The bedroom might be right to your left, but fuck that. <laughs> we're going to stop right here. Laundry room, last. 
Why the laundry room? And what the hell are you doing in there? Yeah. I feel like if I was in the laundry room, I would just look around and there's so much shit I got to get to. Like, I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be too busy thinking, oh, fuck, I got to fold that. I, oh, shit, I got to iron that. Oh, why they leave their muddy boots in the middle of the floor again? You know, all that kind of shit. Valentine's Day is now six days away. It happens on Wednesday, for those who haven't noticed. I, I, I compromised on Valentine's Day this year. Nothing going on on Valentine's Day because the day before Valentine's Day is Shrove Tuesday. So it's a pancake dinner. It's Pancake Tuesday, baby. Everybody's going to be fat and full on the Wednesday, and it's Valentine's Day. There's too much other stuff going on, and they frankly charge way too much money on Valentine's Day. I have a reservation for the 15th at 7 p.m. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay, so you're still doing a dinner. Um, you know the school... I my- think it's important to do a dinner. I don't know. I mean, my girlfriend and I used to go out a lot before the prices went crazy. Right now, we're just trying to save a little bit of money and be responsible. Hey, no need to spend it if we can cook at home. But I figure for a day like Valentine's Day, it doesn't hurt to go out. Yeah, if you like Valentine's Day. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know the... Uh, I got to get my kids stuff in order. So if, if your kids go to Catholic school, you might notice, because you mentioned Shrove Tuesday, Ash Wednesday is Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I don't know how many schools are doing it, but some are pushing Valentine's Day up a day. So they're not celebrating Valentine's Day on Ash Wednesday. I had heard yeah, that. Yeah, I guess that yeah. happens now and again. Uh, yeah, yeah, when it happens. It's Whatever. Spring events. I mean, I don't think it really matters. It's, the whole week is really, when you're in school, if you're a teacher, I'd imagine, your whole week is themed like love anyway. It doesn't matter what day it is. Right? I guess. I feel bad. Well, for you're going out on the 15th, so you should be saying 15th, yes to yeah. that. I, yes. Yes. <laughs> I have to think about it for a minute. I, I personally do stuff for my kids. That's what we, my husband and I do, because we do have our own days. We do our, we are, do our stuff on our own days. Um, but it's all about the kids. I used to do stuff with the kids, and then they all fucking moved away. Yeah, they have a tendency to do that. I'm taking advantage <laughs> while they're still hanging around me. A uh, thousand millennials and Gen Zers who are actively dating were asked what the perfect Valentine's Day date looks like in 2024. In some ways, nothing has changed, still very traditional. They say the perfect date starts with flowers or a gift. One of you should pick up the other person and don't make them meet you somewhere. After that, dinner and a movie. And the night should end with, quote, some form of togetherness. 48% say they want a little alone time with their date after the actual date part. 43% say a good night kiss would be ideal. Okay. Fine, I guess. I, did, I wouldn't have expected that from millennials. I thought uh, way more than 48% would want alone time and uh, 43% might have been high for hmm. a good night kiss being the ambition for the end of the night. It, uh, it looks like people will be staying in for the most part. 61% are going to watch a TV show or movie together. 60% are going to cook a nice dinner as opposed to going out. Yeah, that's nice. I, I think, th- so I think right? Uh, yes and no. You learn a lot about a person when they're, if they're cooking for you. It's like, ooh, that's interesting. I think it's interesting. Or vice versa, you decide to cook for someone. I, I cook during the week. Girlfriend, most of the time, cooks on weekends, although she always finds a way to get pizza in there. Hmm. I think I'm doing way more work than Good she is. Good for her, by the way. Yeah. She's, she's winning. Yeah. Oh, it's my <laughs> night to make dinner. <laughs> she's doing it right. Get the door. It's Domino's. <laughs> great, 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 great. Um, I cook a lot, so I don't know if that would really be special if I did something like that. I'd really have to raise my game, but I try and go as high-end food as possible every mm-hmm. day of the week. So I don't know if that would be special for us. They say if you're going out, expect to spend an average 
of $114. If you're staying in, expect to spend an average of $86. Okay. What restaurant are you going to for 114 bucks no. for two? No. no fucking way is that happening. It's not happening, especially if you're doing extras. Like, you know, on a normal day, you're not going to, like, have a bottle of wine. But if you're celebrating Valentine's Day and that's what you're into, you're fucking right you're having the wine. And you're doing appetizers and you're probably doing dessert. So it's going to come to, like, $400. Prepare. Yeah, exactly. Prepare yourself. Use a standard. I'll set the median at the keg. Right, that's a, that's a really safe median there. Yep. You know, the, there's... W- it's practical enough because it's good quality. You're, you know what you're going to get. But it's also nice. It's also nice. It's a little more upscale than like a... I don't feel like I always throw Montana's under the bus. <laughs> like a Montana's. <laughs> but it's true, right? Well, if they don't want that kind of shit, they should advertise on the goddamn podcast. That's right, that's right. Uh, a man was using a metal detector on the beach in Maine. And he discovered a ring cat. He was going to clean it up and maybe pawn it because it was a nice looking ring. But after he cleaned it up, he realized, oh, shit, there's some initials in here and there's a wedding date in here. So he thought, I'm going to try and track down the person who lost this ring and they'll be shocked when I give them back their ring. Everything went a little south after that. Let me play this for you. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to try to find the owner. So I, I uh, dunked it in mineral oil, bought a magnifying glass. Well, I threw it on the buy swap, and this lady actually messaged me, and she's like, wait, I think that's, that's my ring. I'm like, okay, give me the initials for the heck of it. Two seconds later, she tells me the initials. I go, when do you want to meet up? I'll return it. So then she finally tells me, she's like, well, it's my ex-husband's, and uh, he tossed in the river, apparently. She was like, thank you for being a good Samaritan, trying to do the right thing. But honestly, you know, it's the ex-husband, she hates him. She's like, you can either toss it, keep it, or sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that works out well for him, though. I mean, it was a nice thought. It was really nice of him. Well, I mean, there are still good people in the world, and I think that's what I liked the most out of that. He could have done exactly what he said. He could have cleaned it up and flipped it, no problem. Don't know if he'd get a ton of money for it, but it would have been something. But no, he actually went out (laughs) of his way to try and find the owner. And it worked out in that she didn't want it anyway, and fine. What I'm not sure about here, though, is... Did the guy chuck his wedding ring in the ocean or did she throw his wedding ring in the ocean? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'd love to know more. She probably doesn't want to talk about it, though. <laughs> I imagine she does. Sounds like she's that, had enough of that's that the relationship. thing, because it could have been even the things were good and then the ring was lost. But you ended up getting a divorce or something and then you, you look back, you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot, I forgot that I even lost that thing. I don't, we want, I don't want that near me. It's a, it's a symbol. It's, it's symbol. I mean, that's what a ring is, too. So I get that you wouldn't want it around you if things ended really bad. And on that, we will say thank you for listening to this episode of After 9, everybody. Hope you uh, had a good time, learned something, whatever, had fun. If not, feel free to let us have it. 1-833-915-SHOW. And we apologize for wasting about 40 minutes of your time. (laughs) Thanks for enduring it. Uh, Tomorrow, Dave is here, is he not? I think so, yeah. I think he's going to be joining us. Okay, Friday Pod is always a lot of fun. Hope you can join us for it. In the meantime, have a great day. Bye.